0: morning. Welcome to Driving Theology. This is Mike, and I am just getting in the car on my way to work. Let's see. It needs to be turned off. What do you find people doing? Uh, sorry, I've got... It's that time of year, and i got some sniffles going on. Probably a... Cold, mixed with allergies. Try the crashing to bring this box of cleaners to the front. Here we go. And it is hot today, especially in this car since I just got in, but it is uh going to be one of the warmer days uh, of the year thus far. Probably the hottest day of the year so far I would think. Up to about 20, uh, maybe 20. No, no higher than yeah, maybe higher than 20 Celsius. I can't remember what that is in Fahrenheit, but it's somewhere probably around 80 degrees. Uh, trying to get my sniffles under control here. And uh, yeah, man, I've been the uh, last three or four days kind of on a on a weird fasting diet that I've decided to try for a week, and to see how it goes. And depending on how it goes, I may stretch it out for a month. And uh, I have uh, two motives for this. One is a famous author uh, who I follow uh, named Frank Viola. Uh, he's he's in the middle of doing it for a month. He had decided to do it for a month. Uh, and so, I, I'm going to try it. Uh, I'm a person who pretty much since I hit adulthood or right around 20, I've been struggling with, with my weight uh, and I'd say I fluctuate between... Since that time, except for two, two periods, I've been, you know, 30 to 40 pounds overweight. So right now I'm may, maybe just shy of 200 pounds. I'm only 5'7, so it's a little heavier than I'd like to be. And uh, my age, my feet, my joints kind of talk to me a little bit more than they would if I had a little less weight on them. Uh, and the less I hear from my joints, the better. I'll tell you that. So, anyway, I started this diet yesterday. And maybe by this time next week, I'll be able to give you some results. Uh, it is it's sort of a fasting uh, diet. So, instead of not eating, Uh, at all, you eat only one meal a day. And, uh, for me, the criterion, sorry, I had that down, that was stupid. I should have had one day off. My bad. Uh, Just in case you couldn't hear that. um, The kind of parameters I set for myself are the meal I would eat uh, if if there was something coming up where uh, it would involve other people, I I would eat with them. So that'd be the meal that I choose to eat that day. And I suppose that there are two meals like that in a day, because uh, I don't want to not spend time with people. I think uh, eating with people is is a you know one of those good ideas. Um, if Sorry about the wind. I'm trying to get this out of the feet so i would much rather eat with people than stick to my diet so if there's some meal uh, that's a social event where i want to uh, not make other people uncomfortable i'll just eat the good thing about, about the diet is that uh, it's uh, you can pretty much pretty much eat what you want at that meal um, and so yeah, this is only this is only my third day on it, and I have pretty much for the last many many years fasted breakfast. Like I'll I'll get into a I'll get into a point where I uh, kind of a group where I want to eat breakfast, um, but recently uh, it's just easier to just grab some black coffee and, and head off to work, and actually find that. Not having food in my stomach in the morning, for whatever reason, gives me more energy until lunch. Now, it may hit me later, you know, I'm not sure how that works exactly. Uh, but it seems to, if I eat a big breakfast, it sometimes makes me groggy right around 10 or 11 o'clock, which is right when I have to teach, usually. And so, yeah, I've been not eating breakfast much for a but right now, I'm only eating lunch, uh, and today I haven't decided if I'm going to eat lunch or if I'm going to save it for dinner. Uh, I don't know if my wife will make something, so I'll probably call her later just to see. Because if she's going to be doing, she works in the evenings, and I work usually in the morning and afternoon, so we don't always have time to eat a meal together. But if she is going to have a meal ready for us tonight, I'd rather eat with her, obviously. Um, so I haven't decided which meal I'm going to eat today. Uh, but I'm kind of combining this diet with uh, the Jesus prayer, and that has not been as uh, consistent as I would like it to be. In fact, I haven't. Here it is, nine almost 9:30 in the morning, and I haven't said it once this morning. Um, uh, but combine this diet with uh, the Jesus prayer and also contemplation and also the reading of this book by uh, a higher monk, Damascene, that I've been uh, delving into uh, and and try to get into a more contemplative groove. Um, I really want to feel that uh, and participate in that communion at the spirit level uh, with The Christ, you know. Um, I want to see what that's all about. And and I haven't really gotten there yet. Uh, Excuse me. But it does seem to me that as you read more about how other people have been contemplative and what's worked for them and the methods that they have used does seem to be sinking in more and more about what it is that I might experience and and how some uh other people have found ways to get there right or how ways that they have found helpful. Uh, and I, I I think with most things, because I don't believe that uh Christ is locked into methods that that he only works through one method or another. I don't don't buy into that at all for different reasons. Um, So, uh, I think the biggest, uh, most important part of this is the trying, the desiring to, the wanting to meet him on on a whole other level. I'm not sure I'm ready for that. And you know, it is possible I may fail. And uh <clears throat> speaking of which I'm gonna pause for just a second to blow my nose. Okay. And I really blew it that time. <laughs> get it, get it, blew my anyway. Uh yeah, so I'm trying this diet, and uh so Sunday, it'll culminate this next Sunday, and we'll see how it how it went, um, it's in no way made me really anything yet. I doubt I've lost weight. Uh, I I do feel like I've had more time and been more intentional about, uh, my, my reading and my, my study. Uh, oftentimes because of the subject I'm reading, oftentimes that does, uh, segue into contemplation or prayer a little bit, um, but yeah, I'm hoping that, that those things working together uh, will will help me, as I said, uh, discover the Lord on, a, on another level within me, right? I think that's the, that's the, really the main um, goal of any contemplative exercise is to is to find Christ in you Uh, to know Christ better while knowing yourself better as well you know I think that I did a podcast on that before I think to know yourself well is to know Christ as well Um, and vice versa Uh, so that's what that's where I'm at this um, kind of want to talk over a subject because I, I've kind of gone back and forth on this. Uh, and it's not that it has to be one way or the other because it's always, I think, both uh, ways with us as we, as we grow in Christ. Um, so when comparing yourself with Christ and this is what, uh, got into, uh, yesterday as I read his book, he talks about the more he understands Christ, the more shame he feels about who he is, right? The more, the, the greater the view of Christ that he achieves, the greater the view of his own shortcomings. And he calls it filth. And so the, the shame increases the more he knows Christ. Um, and if you know me right now, I'm not really into the shame and guilt language at all. Like I, 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 I want to say that you know Christ is here to take that all away. That we don't have to feel shame and guilt. Now, I think you can. You can have a realization of the difference between you and Christ. Of course, you you can have a realistic view of your own corrupted existence. You know, whether it's in your in your flesh or in your actions, in your mind. I think I think that's normal. The question is for me, and what I want to explore today is. Do you have to feel shame for that? Is, is that the proper, is, is that the, the pinnacle reaction to knowing Christ better? In other words, will your shame just continue to increase the more you know Christ uh, indefinitely? And so will you feel worse and worse about yourself as you feel better and better about Christ? And the way, the way he left it in this paragraph, now he may come at it at a different angle later where I'll understand better what he's thinking about, but the way he left it was that, yes, that's the case. And he actually quoted other uh, contemplatives who had that same finding. If, if you come from the school of, I'm not sure how to say this. If you come from the school that says, uh, you, you are filthy in the eyes of God. Because of our corruption, God cannot look upon us. He cannot be. He can, cannot take up the same space of sin. And this comes from a really one verse uh, in the Minor Prophets where it says uh, God cannot even look upon sin. He's repulsed by it. And therefore uh, sinful people repulse him. Uh, if you come from that school that says that God the Father is repulsed by our sin, therefore Jesus stands in the gap between us and God. God, when he looks at us, sees Jesus, therefore he's pleased with us because of Jesus' sacrifice and purity. Uh, if you come from that kind of a standpoint, then what Damascene kind of says makes sense, right? Uh, and, and that's that's the end of it <laughs> but but what I don't understand is how how can you follow uh, you know Paul's directive consider it all joy when you face all kinds of trials and temptations right? Rejoice in the Lord always again I say rejoice right How do you that was Jesus said paul mother how how do you? reconcile that with the idea that our shame must increase and increase and increase the deeper we grow in the knowledge of Christ. Uh, To me, something, one side or the other is going to have to give, right? Either we're going to be overwhelmed with our shame or we're going to be overwhelmed with joy. And as I said before, I think think we're going to we will experience both but i don't think both can be the pinnacle the goal right uh, the 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 ultimate destination <clears throat> and i certainly don't think we're going to be sitting around for eternity uh ashamed of our corruption right ashamed of the things we've done uh things we've thought or things we've said, right? I certainly don't think that's the case. And also, that, that coupled with the idea that, well, first of all, I mean, no more tears, right? There will be no more tears in heaven, I think, is a pretty bulletproof uh, theological truth um, at least, not sad tears. So, if if you if you buy into that, and you have a healthy what I what I consider a healthy theology of the kingdom, that is uh, that the reality of heaven is 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 appearing and and going across the earth now, even as we speak. That. People can experience heaven on earth now, and that is the kingdom of heaven. That's what Christ came to give us. If you take those two things together, I think you have a pretty good argument that shame in this world or the next is really not supposed to be our our, uh, destination, right? Whether it's in this life or the next. Now, I do believe that you will, as you get to know Christ, you will be overwhelmed with uh, the reality that you don't measure up to Christ, right? Uh, How about what Paul said? I believe it's in Ephesians, maybe four, where he says, you know, he ascended... Blah blah blah, and if he ascended, he must have descended, or if he had descended, he must have ascended, and he was resurrected, and we are resurrected with him to new life. And if we are resurrected and we are now having participated in the resurrection, we are also new life. We are on in some sense incorruptible now. Right? We have been resurrected with Christ. We've been crucified with him, yes, but we've also been resurrected with him. And the one makes no sense without the other. Uh, and so, if, if you can be satisfied that you have been raised with Christ to new life... as as a new creation in Christ that on some level I think you you have to understand that shame is to be put aside not expected to increase but expected to decrease and if that's not the case what in the world is the kingdom of heaven for what good does it do What did Christ die for now? What good does it do us now? If it's just about, you know, some some future that we don't know when's going to happen, then what's the whole point of it? Um, so, I, I don't, I don't, and, and here again, I'm not saying that that's exactly what Damascene is going to end up saying by the end of the book. I'm only halfway through. But it really left that little section hanging without any, uh, any clues as to him going to go somewhere else. And again, maybe that's a literary device that he's using and that he will wrap up later. But I certainly don't want to misrepresent him yet. Um, I don't ever want to misrepresent him, but uh, it's probably too early to say that I know exactly what he wrote. But that did seem to be the quote from the uh, church father that he was quoting. That as you grow in the knowledge of Christ, you grow in shame for the fact that you don't measure up. And I've lived enough of my life in shame that I don't want to go back there anymore. I really don't. Uh, Where I'm at now is... Yes, I fall. I make mistakes. I come up short. But I believe that Jesus gets it. He understands why this is the case. And he understands that a lot of it is not our fault. That we were born into a corrupt world with corrupt bodies surrounded by corrupt people. Uh, and, and it's no wonder we're corrupt. It's no wonder we're not perfect. I didn't ask to be born here. Neither did you. Now your parents may have decided to, to, that you would be born, you know, be that as it may, you didn't decide. So why, why are you, you know, it's, it's like, it's like giving a kid a pair of sandals and telling him to walk across a muddy soccer pitch or a football field and instructing him, but don't get your feet dirty. That's kind of what this life is like. Or or better yet, no sandals at all. You're barefoot. Okay, you need to walk across uh, this incredibly muddy swamp or, or whatever and don't get dirty. Of course you're going to get dirty. Right? Of course you're going to get dirty. Jesus understands that. He gets it. And on some level, he experienced corruption. Whether it was just you know, the, the corruption that was born into our bodies uh, of the sins that people before us committed. And I don't, I don't mean some kind of metaphysical matter. What I mean is, uh, you know, illness and sickness and, and whatever else DNA uh, instructs us to do that may not be good for us. You know, uh, you know they've isolated, I believe, uh, a gene for alcoholism, for example, uh, and other addictions. Um, you know, those kinds of things that are deep within us we didn't ask for, nor, nor did we uh, were we really given uh, any ability to fight until we're old enough to have walked with Christ uh, and chosen to walk with him and lucky enough to be born in the, in the right country who knew Jesus. You know? Uh, if you're born in Pakistan, uh, tough luck you're born in a country that does not know Christ. Uh, and therefore, you know, uh, you don't have, you don't, you you have the sickness with no chance of the remedy. If that's how you believe. I think, I think Jesus gets it. Like he, he lived on this earth. Uh, he created the earth. He's been observing the earth and, 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 uh, Involved with the earth all of this time, he understands what goes on here and what has always gone on here, and yet he uh, does not, I believe, hold our sins against us because he understands how difficult it is to live here. He, he knows how hard our existence is. He's not. He, he doesn't have some kind of rosy, uh, you know, delusion as to life, you know, life being easy here. That's why when He came and died on the cross, uh, well, first taught us how to live well, right? Uh, Taught us how to love well and how to live well. uh, And then died to show who He is, that He is a God that's going to and has always and will always Absorb our sins into Himself and forgive us anyway. Would you understand that that's that's the Christ that you believe in? Then what what place is shame? What good is shame going to do you? Right? Uh, I think God will use our shame, but I don't think He wills it. I don't. I don't. Man, I just at this point in time, I cannot imagine. <laughs> Uh, that that God sits on his throne observing us and saying, how are they not ashamed? I do think he sits there and says, I wish they would just understand how much I love them. I want them to understand how much I love them. I love them more than anything they could ever think, say, or do, or be. My love is enough, powerful enough, pure enough to save them all from themselves. I don't, I'm not angry at them for their behavior. I have nothing but love for for them, for us. And in that scenario, I just don't see shame being a good thing. Now, again, I think he'll use it. I think it's one of those things that is natural, comes natural because we are corrupt. It comes natural to us to feel shame, to feel embarrassment, uh, to feel unworthiness. Um, The truth is, we're not unworthy. We may feel it. But he has said we are worthy. He's not withheld anything from us. He's given us the keys of the kingdom. of choice. We can can do what we will and be what we want to be and, and, and whatever. And yet, whether we live like Jesus or not, He loves us and accepts us and forgives us. And I just don't see any need for guilt and shame in that scenario. Um, yeah, I see it exists. I know it exists. I've, I have it and have had it, and other people have had it. I just don't see it as a, as a desired effect. Why? Why would, why would that Jesus want us to feel shame? Uh. So what I wish for you. What I hope to continue growing into is that you continue to understand Christ deeper and deeper. You see more and more of Him. Uh, You lean more and more into His kindness and love. That you believe that He loves you. That He has saved you. Has forgiven you, uh, and and that you find joy, and you, you find release from your shame, that you're able to put that burden down, you're able to live your life not carrying such a heavy load, this man, I don't know a heavier load than shame and guilt, I just don't know one. rather be burdened with the message of the love of Christ. Uh, and and that's what I'm going to try to do. Right. That's, that's good news, right? The good news is Jesus has come to take away your burden, to take away your shame. And he's already done that. You just may not realize it. And because of the fact that we live in a corrupted world, uh, trapped in corrupted bodies and minds uh, we may not be able to see it. So as we exercise our spirits, that that incorruptible part of you that is most likely being subjugated by your ego or your self, your soul, but as we learn to exercise our spirits, And hear the voice of God. I think the voice that we're going to hear ultimately is I love you, my child. I love you completely. I love you. That's the voice the Spirit wants you to hear. And that's the message He's been telling you since you were born. And the whole world. That's the gospel. wish you guys, uh, peace this week. And, uh, if I can help you guys in any way, uh, feel free to message me, call me, contact me. Uh, we do have a driving theology, uh, Facebook page that I rarely use, but if you were to message something on there, I would definitely get it. Uh, and yeah, I want to, I want to, I want to get through this. You know, I want, I want my burden to be lifted as well and I want to help you guys get rid of your burdens um, guys and or, or gals but I think a start is just telling yourself there is no burden that burden of shame and guilt is lifted I may be dealing with the consequences of my actions but that has no bearing on how God feels about me. Consequences do suck. They do exist. Uh, uh, there are natural consequences for our actions, um, but I think a start is understanding and, and, and leaning into, living into, the fact that that has no bearing on on God's opinion. God loves you completely. Peace.